Well, hello, Filled With Messages friends. Thanks for joining me today. If you don't know me, I'm the Reverend Ruth Farrell, and amongst some other things, I'm the lead pastor at St. Peter United Church of Christ in Lake Zurich, Illinois. I was recently introduced to a new poem. Here's a little taste of it. I shall paint my nails red because a bit of color is a public service. Because I am proud of my hands. Because I can admire them in traffic jams. Because my daughter will say, ugh. Because it is a 10-minute moratorium. Because it is reversible. In many ways, the poem is a simple list. At the same time, it is so much more. It is a commentary on society. It is an exploration of what it means to be a woman. It is a call to slow down. Lists are often very simple. Groceries, honeydews, this week's tasks, pros and cons. But a list can be so much more. In her book, Make a List, Marilyn McIntyre discusses some of the things a list can reveal. She believes lists are mirrors showing us what matters to us. Lists are a way of learning because it, quote, almost always leads to surprises, which are key learning moments. Lists are a way of listening to our own selves if we're willing to work slowly with an ear tuned to our inner voices. Lists are a way of loving, detailing the things we cherish most about people, places, and things. Lists are a way of letting go. Lists are a way to pray. In Make a List, Dr. McIntyre offers list suggestions that hope to open us to the power of list making. For instance, on page 61, some lists to try include 15 or more facts about my grandmother's early life, biblical texts I find hard to interpret, musical or other field of your choice terms I'd like to understand, why read a favorite author or the daily news, or South Indian novels. What I need to know to be a better gardener. One of the most famous Bible passages that speaks about the Holy Spirit is a list. It's a list of the fruit of the Holy, that the Holy Spirit cultivates in the lives of those who have been set free by Jesus. While the fruit are not something we can demand that we be given or manufacture in ourselves, We can ask the Holy Spirit to grow them in us so that we can paint our lives and the whole world with their deliciousness. Hear these words from Galatians chapter 5 verses 22 through 26. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. We pray with me. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Whether we are listening while we're walking or in the car or doing the dishes, no matter where we are, you are welcome. So we ask that you would help us to listen to your still small voice speaking to us now. 
May the words of my mouth and the thoughts in our hearts, may they be acceptable in your eyes, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. The Holy Spirit, just like God, our parent and Jesus, is a multidimensional being. For instance, on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit came in a rushing wind, a loud noise and fire that burned but did not consume. In other words, on Pentecost, the Holy Spirit came as her most fierce, bold, brave, powerful self. But in other biblical texts, the Holy Spirit dances over creation and hovers over Jesus like a dove on his baptism. There is an incredible gentleness that lives alongside the Holy Spirit's moxie. Just in case this is the first time you're hearing the Holy Spirit referred to as she or her, please know that I have a good biblical reason for doing so. In the Hebrew scriptures or Old Testament, the Holy Spirit is always referred to using feminine imagery, pronouns, and grammar. I am simply following in the footsteps of those writers by calling the Holy Spirit she and her. I am not breaking any ground here. There are many excellent pastors and scholars who acknowledge and embrace this way of understanding God. No need to call the theological police. In Galatians 5, the Apostle Paul, who wrote this letter, is discussing the freedom we have received through Christ Jesus. The Galatian church was having some trouble understanding how they were supposed to behave now that they were Christians. It seems that some of them were continuing to follow the 614 laws in the Jewish Torah. Paul informs them, in no uncertain terms, that doing so is unnecessary. Jesus has fulfilled those laws and freed them from them. But while Paul wants the Galatian Christians to stop following the Jewish law, he also wants them to be careful about how they live out the freedom they received in Jesus. After all, most humans, once given an inch, will take a mile. Paul wants his readers to be careful not to use their freedom to be self-indulgent or to treat others like mud. Instead, Paul invites Christians to use their freedom to serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law, Paul reminds them, is fulfilled in keeping this one command, love your neighbor as you love yourself. If you keep biting and devouring each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. But loving others, to put it mildly, is often hard and exhausting. There are plenty of times when it even feels foolish or pointless. There are many days when I feel like I just have no idea how I'm supposed to love a particular person or persons, and I bet you felt similarly. Paul makes a suggestion to help us walk faithfully with Jesus and loving others. He advises, keep in step with the Spirit. If we do this, Paul contends, we will keep ourselves from being self-indulgent and be able to humbly live a life of love. Paul then goes on to make two lists. His first is of behaviors that indicate a person is not in step with the Holy Spirit. I intentionally did not read this list today because throughout our history, Christians have tended to misuse it. For example, we've tended to make it exhaustive, but a list is rarely comprehensive there is almost always room for something else on the list. For instance, I never actually put peanut M&Ms on my grocery list, and yet so often they end up on my receipt, which is, of course, my grocery list. 
Similarly, Paul lists some, but not all of the ways the Galatian Christians might know if they're not walking with the Spirit. Also, Paul's list was written for a specific set of people in a specific context. Some of those things might apply to us Christians today, and others might not. For instance, I don't think many of us have a chance to practice witchcraft on the regular, and yet that's on Paul's list. But if Paul was writing to us today, it would almost certainly not make the list. The point is, there are things we do sometimes that keep us out of step with the Holy Spirit. And we need to be mindful and watchful of our choices so that we can walk by God's side. Paul's second list is the fruit of the Spirit. The characteristics described here are some of the evidences we can look for if we are wanting to see if we're walking with the Holy Spirit. Again, it's not an exhaustive list. There are many, many blessings the Holy Spirit gives us that help us live in ways that follow Jesus's example. But this list is a really good starting place. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Interestingly, Paul doesn't wrap up this list of the fruit of the Holy Spirit with a bow and send his readers off into the sunset with hugs and kisses. Instead, he follows this list of beautiful character traits with a warning. Even good things, like the fruit of the Holy Spirit, can be misused. In particular, Paul is very concerned that his readers will turn the fruit into a competition, using the fruit to compare and contrast each other. Fruit can be so easily turned into a weapon. Faith can be so easily turned into a weapon. And we must be so very careful not to do that. The fruit of the Spirit are here to make our world a little bit more like it already is in heaven. And so we need to make sure we're using them in ways that do so. Throughout the ages, Christians have often found it helpful to make lists about the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Here are some lists you might try in the next few moments or sometime this week or well in the future. 15 or more moments in which I've experienced joy in the last week. Situations in which it's hard for me to practice self-control. Other fruit of the Holy Spirit, which could be added to Paul's list. Ways the Holy Spirit is asking me to be good to the people I manage at work. Times when I've been sure of God's love for me. A lot of us are a little scared of the Holy Spirit. Tongues of fire, speaking in languages I've never even heard before, sounds crazy. But that's only part of the Holy Spirit's character. She also fills us with her fruit and gives us her good gifts. May we allow her to fill us with love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control so that we can paint this world with her deliciousness. Thanks so much for joining me today. May the Holy Spirit bless you and fill you with her fruit. Grace and peace to you, my friends. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye.